Welcome everyone to another edition of the Rob Jeans Podcast. Uh, we're a little bit late here. I think we were a little bit past the two-week mark. Um, that's because I was late recording this part of the show. Everything else is done. And and as always, you know, as I linger around and wait to finish, more news keeps happening. And in this case, it was the Montgomery boat beat down. <laughs> Not to be confused with the Montgomery bus boycott but the Montgomery boat beat down and look I'm not gonna get into a bunch of philosophical what does it all means kind of stuff because it, it was just hilarious okay because look alright racist people getting their ass kicked is always funny and on, and then when you add on top of that the sheer absurdity of what went on with this thing I mean it started out not being funny at all right the <coughs> black security guard told the white folks to move the boat and they got up off the boat and started beating the shit out of them and then the call and then you know basically the, the black avengers showed up at on the scene i mean it must it looked like it must have been like 20 of them came in and and then there was Brother Man or Aquaman who, who, who swam across the, the water and hopped out and, and got in on the fight. <laughs> and um, then there was the guy swinging the chair like he was Stone Cold Steve Austin in 1998. Um, <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry. <clears throat> it's just funny, man. Sorry. There's nothing tragic. The only tragedy of the whole thing was when they was when the first guy was getting his ass kicked. All right, because again, those are a bunch of racist white people being racist, or at best they're being assholes. And then, but the rest of it was hilarious, and they beat the dog shit out of them folks, and they deserved every bit of it. <clears throat> okay, if if your response, okay, if you have your boat parked illegally or even if it is legal but you you know you gotta move it if somebody comes or your car for that matter and if the security person says hey man you need to move that and if you get out out the boat or out the car and start beating the shit out of them in response to being told to move your car or move your boat then yeah you deserve whatever is coming to you by whoever comes to that person's rescue okay you deserve to get the shit kicked out of you you do. <clears throat> I mean, if you didn't want your ass kicked, you shouldn't have jumped the guy. Period in the story. But it was hilarious. Oh, man. I, like, I haven't even... And look, you got people doing reenactments. Now, you got people putting movie music over it. You got people dubbing wrestling commentary over it. I mean, it's, 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 it's like one of the greatest things ever. <laughs> Um, look you always beat up the racists okay always punch Nazis always beat up the racists always give them no they give them no quarter give them no country kick their ass every time okay just that's what you do right, you don't bait don't, don't talk them down kick their ass real simple now, as for the rest of the show here, 
Um, got a few different topics. Um, said a few words about Sinead O'Connor. I uh, got some stuff to say about term limits. I got some stuff to say about the strikes. <clears throat> the writers and actors strikes going on. Um, got a few more tributes also. And then I'm going to get very serious about <laughs> Jennifer Anderson and uh, Jamie Foxx. So I'm going to do that at the end. So let's get going here. I know this is like super late, but you know, it's what it is. All right, let's get to it. Uh, so, uh, well, last week it was Tony Bennett, this week it was Sinead O'Connor, and unfortunately, um, Sinead was pretty young to be passing away, it was 56 years old she was, um, her biggest hit was Nothing Compares to You, and, but more importantly, well, people talk about cancel culture and whatnot, Sinead O'Connor did get canceled, okay? She went on Saturday Night Live. She did her song. She pulled out a picture of the Pope and tore it in half. And I, and I think, I forget whether she actually said anything to go along with that or not, but um, she got in trouble, Catholic Church, and she, for all intents and purposes, got blackballed, blacklisted. Um, after that, her career was over. After that. Okay, it was over. Alright, so when we talk about people getting canceled, particularly these right-wing idiots that are always talking about the liberals, liberals, what did you do? Woke people, what did you try to cancel everybody? Okay, Sinead O'Connor got canceled, and she ain't no right-wing nothing, or she wasn't no conservative nothing or right-wing nothing, okay? She's about as liberal as you could possibly get. And she expressed a, a very liberal sentiment, or one that is, I don't know if it's a liberal sentiment, but it was definitely one that was not being expressed by people on the right. Okay. You know, she took aim at the Pope, and it was over, and look, it was over the, you know, child abuse and sexual assaults of children in the Catholic Church. She took aim at him. Did on live television. And her career was over. Over. She had been like, like she'd had like the biggest hit of the year at that point. And just like that, it was over. Because they put the heat on her. And they put the heat on anybody who would do business with her. And her career was finished. And look, um, I'm sure she knew going in that it was a possibility. Okay. And she did it anyway. She felt, you know, she had a statement that needed to be made. She made the statement. And she forfeited her career in the process now I don't think we've seen anybody do that since uh, I don't think we really saw people do it much before you know um, most artists they walk up to the line right because 
they still want to have a career. They want to make their statements, but they still want to have their career. Or they're willing to get in some trouble, but not, you know, all the trouble. So, to her credit, you know, she, you know, she took the risk. She took the, she made the sacrifice. And you know, look, I've talked before here about, you know, what are people willing to do? You know, if you want to make progress on an issue, if you want to bring attention to an issue, how far are you willing to go? What are you willing to risk? What are you willing to sacrifice? And I'm speaking, look, I'm not somebody who is, look, I'm not out here making sacrifices, you know, for the greater good myself. I'm not out here doing that. But, I mean, but just in terms of, you know, people who want to be called allies, people who call themselves allies, um, you know, and all of that. You know, what are you doing to earn that? Right? And a couple of things I didn't know about her, she was a pretty big supporter of a lot of of several hip hop artists. Uh, she did a song with MC Light and she gave MC Light all the promotion she possibly could. because um, it was pretty common back then if you if you did a if a singer did a song with a rapper it was pretty common back then for the rapper to get almost no publicity from him. Um, I mean, you can go back and look. Um, you just didn't. And so she made, you know, she gave MC Light all the publicity humanly possible when they worked together. Um, she was a big supporter of Public Enemy. And, you know, Flavor Flav and Chuck D both made some statements, you know, showing her love and support for having supported them. Um, you know, Ice-T tweeted something about, you know, support, you know, in support of her, right? Um, so, you know, she put her money where her mouth was. And she should be commended for that. You know, look, I gave Tony Bennett props last week, right, for doing a lot of the same. And again, you know, it's a big ask, right? Asking somebody to, to essentially forfeit their career for a cause is that that's a lot to ask. And you know, I almost dare say you should not ask somebody to do that. Um, if they feel led to do it of their own accord, then great. But that's a lot. That's to me. That's too much to ask somebody else to do. Um, because that, I mean, and she did it. You know, she did that. She deserves credit. She deserves your respect. She deserves, you know, all the good labels you can possibly find to put on her. Um, rest in peace. Thank you for your efforts and uh, condolences and prayers to the family of Sinead O'Connor. Okay, so term limits, yes or no? Um, I'm a no. Oh, uh, yes, now look, people are looking at Mitch McConnell and saying, okay, why is that guy still in the Senate? 
People look at Diane Feinstein. Why is she still in the Senate? Do I think that both of them should not be serving in the Senate right now? Yes. Neither one of them should be there right now, okay? Feinstein or McConnell. Right? And before we even get to political positions, I just, yes, I mean, they're clearly just bad health. Um, there have been reports about Feinstein kind of mental faculties not being all there like they used to be. Um, there have been reports about McConnell having just having, having fallen down several times. One time got a concussion. Um, neither one of them should be there. You know, Strom Thurmond shouldn't have been there as long as he was. Robert Byrd shouldn't have been there as long as he was, right? When Put him on for term limits. No. Um, so here's the thing, right? All right. Well, in, in Congress in particular, there are there are just all of these really arcane, obscure rules and procedures that nobody learns for a long time. Like you have to be there for a long time to learn all that stuff. And to be able to put them to use. Okay. Um, I mean, look, Joe Biden is benefiting from a knowledge standpoint from having been in the Senate all that time. Okay. I mean, Joe Biden is an example of somebody who, you know, age and experience is a major asset to them. Now. So you can't, uh, you know, discount that. And yet, look, it sucks when somebody, yet, when somebody, when you have somebody like Mitch McConnell, who is using that age and experience to try and take away people's health care, and you know, and, and who helped get a bunch of right-wing kooks on the federal bench and in the Supreme Court. Yes, it sucked, and it's horrible. But. You know, if Mitch McConnell was 61 instead of 81, wouldn't make that stuff any better, right? Um, I don't look at Mitch McConnell. I don't think Mitch McConnell's positions would not be any different if he were 61 instead of 81, or if he were 41, right? I mean, his position—he's pretty rigid in his positions. Like, like this is who he is. So it wouldn't have been any better. I mean, and in the case of his state, I mean, when they did get to vote for a younger senator, they voted for Rand Paul. I mean, it's just Rand Paul is not an improvement over Mitch McConnell just because he was younger and in better health. I mean, now in California, you know, Adam Schiff is looking to be the to take Feinstein's seat. You, know, you run against him in the primary, and look, I'll be flat out blunt about it. I hope he beats her. Well, I hope, you know, and, you know, I hope he you know, 
she shouldn't she, she shouldn't be running again anyway. But uh, you know, but um, in California, again in California, yeah, if you, you find somebody younger with basically the same positions as Feinstein on most things, then yeah, younger would be better, younger and, and in better health. And also, Adam Schiff is a guy who is a student of you know policy, but also. He's a smart guy who's a student of all those arcane rules and everything. But I think it's just, it's a case-by-case basis. And I think as voters, we have to decide. We have to look at these people and make a decision to not vote for them. Now, in some cases, it's it's strategic in some cases. Because, look, if... You know, if Feinstein was running and nobody was running against her, and she, you know, walked through the primary, then in the general election, then yeah, you get, you know, is it Feinstein or Republican? Yeah, you're voting for Feinstein. But at all levels, you know, we as a collective have to usher these people out. Right, I mean. But, you know, for my taste, Mitch McConnell should have been voted out, you know, years ago. Or should have never got got voted in. I think it's a lack of responsibility on everyone's part. I don't think term limits are going to solve that. I just don't. Because... Yeah, it's it's because look, the people you consider to be bad senators, is it because of their age or their health or is it because of their positions? Right? I don't I mean And now you're gonna say, Well these people should have shouldn't have that kind of ego about them to keep running, keep running, keep running. Um, we're talking about people who run for office. Okay, I mean, running, I mean, ego is part of the deal. Okay, you don't run for the United States Senate without having some type of ego. Even if it's just professionally. Right? And you damn sure don't run for president without having some kind of ego. Again, even if it's just professionally. Um, I mean, like, Joe Biden seems like a nice enough person. Like, personally, you know, outside of work. But, I mean, Joe Biden ran for president multiple times. Until he finally won. Okay. So, of course, at least professionally, he has some kind of ego. Or not lacking in self-confidence. But, and look, that can go, that can go left. Sometimes not left politically, but it can, it, it can go sideways sometimes, unfortunately. And, and you do get people like Feinstein staying in office, or Robert Byrd, or Strom Thurmond, right? Um, you do get um, you know other people who just don't want to leave, like FDR, right? And and you know they'll find something justified. Well, the work is not done. Now there's a 
bigger, longer, more complicated answer as to why I think term limits are bad. And it has to do with, you know, um, where the power ends up going. Um, if, if you, if you, if you limit the time that the senators and Congress people can be there, then, you know, the power shifts to who, who is there and it may shift somewhere that is, has even less regulations than the senators and Congress people do. And that's another issue for, that's another explanation for another time. But, um, anyway, so no, I'm no on term limits. I think the, the bad people in office are bad, you know, they're plenty bad enough on their own without, you know, their age or health or whatever being a factor. Just vote them out. Vote them out. Vote them out. Vote them out. All right. Um. So the strikes go on. And we keep getting stories about just how <coughs> downright diabolical these um, studios are. Um, the latest one I saw was um, <coughs> was a live stream of some people who were on a few of the Disney shows. Um, like, you know, Disney has, is it Disney or Nickelodeon? Uh, one or the other. But basically they have these, you know, shows that come on and they star child actors and kind of adolescents. And he's, you know, sent around the kids and their family, you know, and their friends. <clears throat> A little wacky kids comedy type of stuff. And so some of the former kid actors who were cast members on some of those shows had like a little round table type of thing they were doing. And they were kind of just sharing their stories about not being paid very well. <clears throat> and one thing that came out of that was that Disney, uh, what they what they do, they have, a, they have a pretty common practice of rebooting a show after three seasons. What that means is that, you know, like uh, one show that was mentioned was like the, um, the sweet life of something or other, and then sweet as an S U I T E, I think, and then. It was that for three seasons, and then in season four, it was Sweet Life on Deck, and I think they changed the setting of the show and some other things, and basically re rebooted the show, <coughs> and by and essentially rebooting was just so that they could go back to square one as far as like counting episodes of the show, so that they could avoid, you know pay increases or I think or or that or so that that show would not accumulate enough episodes to go into syndication and pay residuals and all that stuff yeah so basically they avoided they 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 had the same show with the you know they changed some of the window dressing and <clears throat> so they could you know and change the title of course so they could start over start you know the clock over 
avoid paying people more. And like the central theme to this to this strike, the writer strike and the actor strike, the central theme here is that the studios do everything they can to avoid paying people. Now, first they use all type of legal accounting tricks, but sometimes they just don't pay. <clears throat> sometimes they, you know, sometimes they just don't pay. Like one of the things that they're uh, trying to work out here is this: there's an issue of late payments. And I think there's like some small penalty right now. The studios have to pay for paying people late. And so now the actors and writers are trying to negotiate into the labor deal that to make basically make the penalty bigger. You know, because they just want to get paid on time. And the studio is like, well, yeah, we pay late. Oh, well, too bad, so sad. Um, again, I can't imagine, can can you imagine not getting your paycheck on time because your employer just says, well, well, screw it, you know, I pay you when I pay you. Can you imagine that? Be a whole lot of people not making their bills on time. But this is a regular common thing. And I, I think I've talked before about how they, you know, they use all type of tricks to, you know, basically lie to you and tell you that you know this blockbuster movie that you helped write somehow did not turn a profit <clears throat> I mean like what are we doing but you know again they do all of this to not pay you that is the, the, the central tenet of all of this is that the studios do everything they can to avoid paying people and this whole thing with you know artificial intelligence, it's to not it's to get out of paying people. And we're also finding out that um, I forgot what movie it was, but <coughs> they um, scanned all the faces and bodies of like the extras or background actors or whatever and it, they scanned all of those without people's permission and now they're just going to you know so that they can just plug them in you know in the background of other movies why are they doing it so they don't have to pay people they do everything they can to not pay you So, but not only that, but then they don't pay you what they've already agreed to pay you. They don't pay you what they owe you. Like they do all these things to get out of paying you, get out of having to pay you in the future. But in the meantime, they also don't pay you what they owe you right now. <clears throat> and they do it because very few people have the you know wherewithal to fight them and demand that they get it right now. And then when you try... They, you know, they, well, they think they can wage a PR campaign against you like they did with Scarlett Johansson. But she eventually forced them to pay. That's what you have to do. And very few people have the means to do that. And they know that. So they just stiff you. It, you know. Because <clears throat> they know 
you know, most again, most people can't take them to court. You have to take them to court, and you have to you have to keep the case going long enough for them to decide it's worth their more worth their while to just give you the damn money. Right, and and they do this not just to like, you know, quote unquote no name people. They did this to Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings, and they did, did with Scarlett Johansson. Right, um, and you do it to John Cusack. Um, right, these are people you know with some cachet in Hollywood. <coughs> Um, so imagine what they're doing to the little guys and little gals, right? Um, but again, the whole system is built on the back of not paying people. And that we're looking at, it's true for most of our economy, <coughs> right? And most of our economy is built on the back of not paying people. And then when people, you know, when somebody finally does make some good money, you know, they can't wait to frame it as if you don't deserve it right they can't wait to frame you as being overpaid <coughs> and look at me professional sports it's basically it is a professional sports are a game of chicken right the owners are trying to delay paying you in your real money as long as they can because <clears throat> they know that on average the professional athlete's career is not very long like in the NFL the average career is like three years I think and so what of course what they do they, they try to make the, your initial contract the one you sign as when you first come into the league they try to make that as long as possible to, to you know so that it doesn't end until after three years or more than three years <clears throat> because they're hoping that you know, as many as possible won't make it to the end of their first contract. And, and I think most people don't. And meanwhile, as a player, you're trying to hang on and stay functional and stay productive just to get to your second contract. So it's a constant game of chicken, owners versus players. Like, the owners would much rather you not make it to your second contract and the players are doing everything they can to make it to the second contract. <clears throat> you know, again, this is all to avoid paying people. You know, when you jam them up on it, you know, the owners, or studio heads, or whatever, they always, you know, they'll publish some, you know, very a big number. You know. That, And <clears throat> this is all about not paying people. That's what all these industries are doing. They, they do everything they can to avoid paying people. Man. You know, food industry, Hollywood, you know, transportation, like you know, Uber, Lyft. Again, they're centered around not paying people. Um, all of them are. And for decades and for centuries, you know, the owners have waged a basically a propaganda campaign 
to convince everybody that they are the ones who are are the reason that the businesses are successful. Like they've convinced you that somehow through that their you know deal making and brilliant decision making that these companies you know whether studios or record labels um, wrestling companies whatever right, right you know they've waged this you know century long campaign to con- you know to basically convince people that. It's because of their decision making and their deal making that all these things are profitable and make all this money and whatever. <clears throat> and in reality, it's it's the labor. It is the work of the labor force. Okay. Can't have a billion dollar grossing movie without writers and actors and directors and and all. Right. You can't have a billion dollar sports league without players. Um, you know, so forth and so on. And <clears throat> now this artificial intelligence stuff, they're convinced that they believe that whatever drop-off there is in quality from, you know, going to a, from more distinct products to, you know, products that are more vague but are, you know, close enough, they're convinced that you and I, <coughs> you know, we just, we won't care, right? They're, they're convinced that we won't be able to sense the difference well enough to care. And, well, I mean, to a certain extent, they're right. <coughs> because the AI-generated script gonna won't AI generated scripts won't be as good as the, the really great scripts but you know they'll be close enough to the mediocre ones sure um so we'll see what happens on that front but look man stand up for labor stand up for people to get paid what they should get paid <coughs> and no I'm sorry um the right pay scale is not, you know, the studio head gets to live in a castle while writers are struggling to, you know, make 30 grand. <clears throat> That's not the proper pay scale. The studio head is not doing, their decision making isn't that great that, that they should make that much of an outsized portion of the money. That goes for any other industry. The CEO's decision making, no, the decision making isn't that great. Look, we're seeing this in real time with Elon Musk and Twitter. I'm sorry, X. That he hasn't made a single decision to make the company better. He has tanked the stock value in a very short amount of time. And he, you know, he, but you know, people, some people still think he's some type of genius. He's not. We're seeing it play out in real time. He's an idiot. He's an idiot who was born into money. Because he was born into money, he has access to more money. And so, and because he has access to more money, he can he can buy things. And if they, you know, he runs them into the ground, it doesn't matter because he can just get access access to more money and buy something else. And he can just keep going. <clears throat> 
That's all it is. I mean, and same is true with Trump. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at all the businesses Trump have bankrupted over the years. I mean, is that somebody who should be making, you know, three, four hundred times as much as their employees? No. Employees succeed in spite of him. What's whatever success they do have? <coughs> so, pay your workers, and as somebody you know, you're on the outside looking in, as far as like Hollywood or whatever, you should be advocating for the workers to get the money because they're the ones that create the movies that you love, the songs you love, the TV shows you love, the books you love. It's not the people in charge of the company. Just remember that. All right, let's move on. All right, uh, before we get out of here, um, a couple more shout-outs um, for our, our condolences. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, I mentioned Sinead O'Connor earlier in the show. Um, so after she passed, um, just a few days or a week later, uh, news came out, uh, Pee Wee Herman, or, <coughs> or passed away, or his, his real, real name is Paul Rubens. Um, for people in my age group, you know, there was a show called Pee Wee's Playhouse that he was on. And there was, he had a couple movies, Pee Wee's Big Adventure and I think Big Top Pee Wee or something. I don't but um, he was a comedian and he was in, you know, he was in other movies, he had other roles. Um, and he once got in trouble for um, <coughs> being in a movie theater and um, having a jolly old good time with himself. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I think he may have gotten arrested for that too. <coughs> but it was a big scandal when it happened because you know he was the guy doing the kids show and he's in the movie theater. Um, uh, yeah. And, um, he got, I think, I don't remember if he lost the show over that or if the show had already been over anyway, but, um, yeah, that kind of made it difficult to be Mr. Uh, Children's Show host guy if, um, you're out here, you know, doing that in the movie theater <coughs> and you shouldn't be doing that in the movie theater anyway. Um, if, if you, if you if and when you want to have a good old time with yourself, um, <laughs> you should do that in the privacy of your own home. <clears throat> or at least in some place private, you know. I mean, doing that in public is just, it's just, yeah. But anyway, um, we're not here to talk about that, um, but, you know, uh, rest in peace, Mr. Rubens. And, and, guy who's not quite as famous but who was very important to a lot of people Charles Ogletree he's a law professor um, he was a black law professor he wrote several books he taught it uh, I think Harvard I believe among other places um, he was also one of many mentors to one uh, Barack Hussein Obama became the 44th president <coughs> um, when we you know talk about people who were influential in the lives of African Americans people like him are often not discussed beyond you know the, 
the people who they directly affected. But it's important that <coughs> we give them in like that as much public recognition as we can. So, um, and then, you know, Tree, as he was called, I'm not calling him Tree because I didn't know him, but uh, Professor Ogletree, we, um, thank you for all your contributions, all the people you touched and, you know, lives you made better. Alright, so, uh, I need to get out of here because the longer I wait to finish this thing, the more stories pop up, <laughs> as y'all know. Uh, so I'm just going to rapid fire through a couple of things. Um, there was a report, I'm saying it like that on purpose, about this Jonathan Major thing that said that his accuser fled the country. And a lot of people picked that up and ran with it. And... The actual news reports from that reputable outlet said that his trial is being delayed because of uh, prosecution isn't finished with some things or something. It made no mention of the accuser fleeing the country. Like the the that only came from it came from. I've only seen that come from one guy on the internet who claims to be some type of I don't know reporter or something. Um, I'm not even going to say his name. I don't want to give him any promotion here. I don't know who the hell this guy is. Um, and just be careful, folks. Look, I know. I know that there are a lot of people out there who very much have bought into the whole thing being false. Um, and him being completely innocent and the woman just completely making up everything and all that. Um, and I know he's even presented some, <coughs> you know, some evidence that reportedly cleared his name of any wrongdoing. Um, at this point, let's just wait. All right. Um, I may have said this before. I don't know if I said it about this case in particular, but there's no good outcome here, right? I mean, either she's telling the truth and he assaulted her, which is bad, or she's lying about being assaulted, which is also bad. Um, like, there's nothing really to root for here. Um, other than, well, if, okay, if she is completely lying, then you can root for him to be acquitted and all of that yes um that's really all you can do i mean and you can root for if, if she's telling the truth you can root for him to be found guilty um but both of those are based on some really big ifs so i don't see why on earth we would you know want to be rooting for anything right now Right. Um, and for me, I'm not rooting for him to beat the rap because beat the rap doesn't mean a damn thing. I mean, all it means is that you're able to put enough doubt into her account of things. It doesn't mean that you're innocent. Right. So I'm not rooting for him to beat the rap. I'm just rooting for the truth to be found and for 
you know, you know, accountability, the, the proper accountability to be, you know, doled out to whoever has it coming. That's it. And uh, on a different front, now we move from the gender wars <laughs> to racism, right? And, and um, this is just, uh, yeah, this is, I, mean, I, I can't do this show and not talk about this. So let me, let me uh, preface this by saying this is mainly directed towards my Caucasian brothers and sisters. I really do love you guys, but... Um, one of your one of your one of your members has, has really stepped in it okay and that would be one of Jennifer Aniston um basically alright so this starts with Jamie Foxx Jamie Foxx made some Instagram post or something uh, talking about fake friends he used the hashtag fake friends and I think he said something along the lines of you know if they killed Jesus you know that's what they think to do to you which is a common saying in the black church and amongst black people. We've been saying it for a very long time. Um, and what it is, what it means is that, you know, Jesus is the son of God. Jesus healed people. Jesus forgave people's sins. Jesus fed people, you know, all of those things. And yet, you know, one of his boys, that would be Judas, turned on him, sold him out to the Romans, Romans crucified him, okay, and so, you know, if that man who did all of that for the world ended up getting turned on by people and crucified, you know, if it could happen to him with all that he did, and all the good that he did for, for everyone around him, and for the people he stood in, the people he stood up for, and all that stuff, if it can happen to him, it can definitely happen to you. You're not immune, right? That's what it means. That's all it means. And so he made a post with that in it, and she liked it. And because you know why? Um,. It's a cool, cool sounding thing to say, right? If it didn't have a ring to it, if it didn't have, you know, some truth to it, if it didn't speak to some real stuff, you know, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have continued to say it all these years, all these decades, right? We wouldn't have. And so that's why it's endured as a phrase amongst us. For all of it, because it, it, I mean, it is, it's catchy, it has a ring to it, it has truth to it, and everything, right? So she liked it. And apparently, now I don't know what happened next, immediately next, because, but apparently, some kind of way, somebody put it in her ear that <coughs> that's anti Semitic. Right, that it's somehow a kind of ragging on Jewish people because oh, 
there are there's a corner of Christians. I, I have no idea how big a group of this these people are who say this, but yes, there is a you know section of Christians who refer to Jew who talk about Jews as you know the people who killed Jesus. Um, I would tell you that those people are not black. <laughs> okay. Um, but more than likely, there's always a couple of, you know, in every bad group you can find, but whatever. Um, but what he was saying had no, did not mean that at all. He, he was not making any type of statement against Jewish people. He was not accusing Jewish people of killing Jesus. Okay. It was a statement about how the people around you, you know, can turn on you because the people around Jesus turned on him. That's what it is. What it means. Um, but apparently somebody got in her ear that that statement he made was being anti-Semitic. So she jumps out with this way over-the-top apology. Like, my bad, I'm not anti-Semitic. I do not support anything anti-Semitic. I... And... It, it just it displayed some horrible ignorance on her part. Um, it gave off some real, I've never hung around with any black people kind of energy. No, she's worked with black people on sets, but it, yeah, it gives off some real. I've never been around black people more than you know five minutes at work type of energy, and so she's been getting dragged on Twitter, and also you know people, which of course once you start getting dragged, people start pulling up any kind of dirt there might be about you and start bringing that back up whether it was from last week or 10 years ago or whatever. Um, so, um, okay, first of all, probably not a good idea. Well, in the world we live in, um, if you're a celebrity, probably not a, just, I don't know. Be careful about the stuff you click like on. Even if it sounds good, um, I'm saying that. This, look, no, in 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 the sane world, liking that post should not bring any trouble on you or bring any scrutiny on you. It should not. But we live in a world where people make mountains out of molehills. We live in a world where people very disingenuously take things and turn them into controversies. Um, I imagine whoever did this, that she, you know that kind of put it in her viewpoint or whatever vantage point that this was that was some anti-semitic thing whoever did that I probably was not being was not acting in good faith but there was no need for her to freak out because then nothing about her freaking out she brought the heat down on Jamie because now there are people who didn't even notice that she liked the post Right, who just didn't even notice, who didn't know about it. There are people who now, you know, were led to go back and look at the post and were, you know, 
and he got some heat on him that he he should not have gotten. So he ended up offering an apology, which he should, which he should not have had to do, because he didn't do anything wrong. And so the whole situation reeks of, you know, white woman panics, black man gets in trouble, which is something that, you know, has been historically documented in a lot of instances. And in some cases, you know, white woman lying black man gets murdered is a real thing that has happened throughout our history. Um, so that's an ext- you know, that's just when you know, when this thing when some when this type of thing plays all the way out, you know. Unfortunately, that's the thing that's happened. It has gone that far. That's not you know exaggerating or hyperbole or whatever. And just look at Emmett Till, all right. Um, so she's getting dragged through the mud, um, which and she and she deserves it. Um. Now she's like the, the devil incarnate. No, but she is obviously someone who is very ignorant of us, <laughs> and it. And the problem is that you know she's also known as a very liberal person, and therefore, and a lot of. She's one of those people I refer to as well-meaning white folks. <laughs> right? Um, I imagine, you know, yeah. So, I'm sure she really truly believes that her heart is in the right place when it comes to all of these things. And, you know, I don't, I'm not... I don't think she's a racist. I don't know her. Maybe she, you know, like I don't know any of you guys, right? <laughs> right? I mean, but I mean, I do think it is a leap to, you know, put a clan hood on the top of her head now. But um, there is definitely a level of ignorance, and there's a level of ignorance that is that she herself has you know, projected to not have had. In other words, about, you know, um, because of her political stances and because of, you know, I don't know if she, I'm sure some, she probably at some point or another has tweeted or typed Black Lives Matter, maybe. Um, you know, but that still doesn't mean you're not ignorant about us and who we are and things we do and things we say things that we mean right um see that's an important step here you can you can tweet hashtag black lives matter you can wear a black lives matter t-shirt you can even march with black people in a black lives matter rally you can do all those things and still be ignorant of us who we are So, understand when when you jump out there and you take when when you know when you claim the the label and you claim the mantle of certain things, then there's an expectation that comes along that you are going to 
you know, at least learn what it all means and learn about the people that you're claiming to be, you know, allies with. Right, that's that's the second piece that a lot of you, that a lot of y'all don't get to, don't get to. All right, and and you find yourself in these kind of situations. So, if she does have any black friends, one was not their job. To, first of all, it's not their job to to be her educator on all of this stuff. All right, but if they choose to do that, then she needs to listen and she needs to learn and that goes for y'all too alright I mean look appreciate the support appreciate y'all voting for the same people that I, I vote for alright um and all of that but it's gotta go further than hashtags and t-shirts and it has to go further than voting choices alright I mean I'll go further than that. And look, you might say, man, that's a lot. You know what? Yeah, it is a lot. Okay? It is. But it's needed. Okay. Um, like it's not enough to wear a t-shirt with a pride flag and then be ignorant of you know LGBT folks right it, it's ignorant to wear a t-shirt that says you know women's rights and then be ignorant of all the different things about life that women deal with right I mean you gotta do the second half of it or at least, or not even, or the second, or the, or the other seventy-five percent. I would say you got, you got to do that too. Um, and she's guilty of not doing that because if she'd done that, she would know that there was nothing wrong with what he said. She would know the intent. She would know the meaning behind everything he said when he wrote that. And. You know, she would have felt confident in her liking of it that she wouldn't have needed to explain it. That's it. And also, look, she's been in a celebrity game long enough where... You got, you know, the stuff you like, you know, like I've said this before, as it pertains to professional wrestlers, I'll say it, um, it pertains to anyone famous. All right, if you're doing your, your social media, you need, look, if you're not willing to dive all the way in for whatever cause, you know, it is, then you're better off being a quiet supporter and not a loud one. All right, um... You know, just <laughs> again, cool pictures, birthday wishes, 
you know, get some generic, you know, positive, you know, quotes from a, one of those generic positive quote books and say those, um, you know, promote your projects, just leave it there, right? Because if you're not, well, you know, if you're not going to get in the trenches on some of this stuff, if you're not going to do the deep dive and learn all the things you need to learn, then you're better off not publicly jump, you know, delving into these things. And, you know, liking posts from other people, even other, some of your fellow celebrities, can get you in hot water. She should know that by now. Even if it's, even if the hot water is some bullshit. So, I mean, when it comes to liking posts from even other celebrities, just, you know, like the baby pictures, right? Like the wedding pictures. Like the birthday pictures. You know, do that. Right? Like those things. Like, I mean, I mean, that's the stuff you can stick to liking, okay, on social media. But look, she takes the she takes the L here. She's been no like I now and all some people say, well, she needs to issue an apology. I don't care. All right, again, public actions, private actions, right? Public actions versus changing your behavior, right? I want to change behavior. Okay. You can apologize in public all you want, it doesn't fucking matter. I want to change the behavior. That's what I want. But anyway, alright, so that's it for this episode. So we're going to get out of here now before I wait any longer and anything else happens in the news. Um, so we're in August. School's almost back in. Um, school's almost back in, but COVID, unfortunately, is not out. So don't, you know, don't get yourself sick thinking it is over because it's not. Anyway, um, but, you know, take care of yourselves out there. Take care of each other. And I'll talk to you guys next time. God bless.